Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 74 of the Two on Three podcast, where if two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes, you should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at Hello! Hello. At two on three pod.com, you know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and I'm the voice of privilege and the patriarchy, and you can find me on Twitter at CD Villasenor. And with me is Ty. Why do you even hang out with me, Ty? I don't even know. I'm embarrassed most of the time. <laughs> but I defend feminism to the death at SEATJK. <laughs> I say this uh, tonight because um, I got to do a little. I don't know. I wouldn't. It's a. I think it's a now a standard sort of heated sports debate where men and women are earning prize money for sports that are again you know similar like tennis tennis Mm -hmm. squared this away a while ago for the majors right the men and women earn equal prize money at the u.s open and the french open and all the majors in tennis and someone today was saying the usga should do the same thing for men and women's golf and and i wasn't so sure because in tennis, the men and women compete at the same venue at the same time. You buy one ticket, and you get to see men and women both playing. Now, the, the USGA actually raised the, the prize money because apparently they, you know, Fox paid them $100 million to cover USGA uh-huh. events. So, um, so they raised the prize money by half a million dollars each. So the men get $12.5 million total purse, and the women get $5.5 million total purse. So the so the the woman the the woman who wins this week uh, will get a million bucks, which is the first time a women's purse has gone over a million bucks. Um, that seems kind of crazy in this at, at, in twenty nineteen, but okay, that's cool. But I'm just saying it's. I mean, but that's the the the. I was my argument was that because it's entertainment, it's not like I'm. I'm a manager at my company and I make a bunch more money than a woman who's doing the same job I am at a company. Uh, I think we should, I think, I think that's an absolutely an equal pay situation. You know, if we have similar experience and similar tenure and all these other things, it should be, it should be the same, but in entertainment, it's a little bit different. And that was the argument that I was making was in an entertainment situation, you get paid on the gate, you get paid on how much the event earns, how much, you know how much interest you're gathering. Um, it's probably the argument that I would make that the women's, the women's U.S. soccer team, should probably make more than the men because I think people are generally much more interested in women's international soccer than they are in the men's team. It's a collective bargaining situation, right? And I think that's what makes it interesting because there is no. Well, I don't. I don't really understand the golf golfers' association. Like I don't. I don't really understand it that in the same way that I do sort of the other unions for athletes. Um, but I, I tend to agree with your point, which is simply that it's revenue based. Now, if you were to go and say, we've taken a, an analysis of the men's USGA events and the revenue, and here's what the purses total in percentage of that revenue. And then you made the women's purses equal in percentage to the revenue produced by their tour. I think that that is I think they probably make less if we do it that way. I think <laughs> I think you might be right. I don't really know, but uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just my gut feel for. It. But what I'm what what I'm saying is, I think that that you know the rising tide is lifting the boats. I think that the women's game, I think, is getting much more popular, and I think they'll make more money in the you know here in the you know as it gets more popular. But um, but the, I I just don't see that as an equal entertainment footing as what the men are doing and the revenue that the men are bringing in. This is a, this is a typical argument we also have with things like un, like football programs at, at, you know, at, at colleges, right? They make a bulk of the revenue, you know, they have a bulk of the scholarships. Um, in this case, the men's men's golf in the USGA makes the bulk of the revenue. And then of course, you know, the USG has other things they need to do as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to make that equivalency totally. I don't want to totally get on board with that only because I've read some things lately and got into some stuff about whether or not football programs really generate enough revenue to cover other sports or whether or not they're actually even self-sustaining in certain situations. So depending on the school's investment in facilities and the like, the program may not actually 
be generating revenue. It may yeah. not, you know, so probably it, certainly at the top, certainly like the top 50 programs in the, in the, in this United States, I gotta imagine. I mean, you can do a, uh, what is it called? Uh, freedom of information act request on university of Oregon's books. And I'll, you'll find some interesting things about whether or not the football program actually makes money. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> uh, anyway, I recommend the university of Nike. It was an interesting read. Right. Okay. And I, you know what? The Huskies don't come away clean on that. We go into the Jeremy Stevens fiasco and the Barbara Hedges, new Heisel thing in that book too. So don't think it's just an Oregon hate situation. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Anyway, tonight our our you know your leisures are pleasure tonight, as we uh, go leisure in. leisure. You're gonna be a leisure guy. <laughs> Isn't that the line from the first Train Spotting movie where he's like, you know, your le- your leisure is my pleasure, and he delivers it in that hilarious Scottish accent. Okay. Well. Anywho, anywho, tonight we're gonna talk about um, joining a drinking club. Like I didn't know you had to like join one. Uh, but uh, and then we're gonna rank some movie candy, and then we're gonna see who is the goat of sports movies. I anyway, like it. and and the OT has some uh, has some uh, anecdotes that I'm that I'd like to sort of just share around. Of course, we'll have dad jokes and a uh, and a user submitted dad joke this this uh, this evening, which is great. Indeed, we love to get the interaction. Exactly. So. We're going to start tonight with joining a drinking club. Now, I stumbled across this um, this business um, that is uh, that is opening up here in Seattle, and it's called the Birch Road Cellar. Now, the Birch Road Cellar is a drinking club. Now, if I said, Ty, would you like to join a drinking club? What what would you think a drinking club entails? Uh, I mean. I don't see how that's different from a bar, except for maybe you need probably pay some sort of a, a routine, like a cover fee. Whether it, it's like a country club, only there's nothing to do there but drink. <laughs> like right. you have to pay a fee every month, and you have to ra- maintain your membership there, whether you show up or not. Right. And yes. perhaps, perhaps they might have some some drink min- monthly drink minimums or some such in order for you to retain your membership. All right. So the um, the fr- our friends at the Birch Road Cellar are creating. A, an app an atmosphere for you to drink you know they're they they've got they've got what looks like to be very comfortable seating it's it's lavishly appointed there's wood and brick and there looks like there's a bar that where you could sit at but there's really nothing there's no there's there are no taps or anything so here's the deal with the uh, with the birch road cellar the birch road cellar is a bring your own booze club okay you have to so it's like an italian restaurant where you can bring your own wine (laughs) right so you have to pay a membership fee okay and then you bring your own booze and you can put it in your locker and then you can drink your own booze at the birch road cellar does this sound does this sound does this sound uh, enticing to you at all so it is a i got it it's a community room in an uh, in in a condo building (laughs) that's what you're you're telling me yes so let me sweeten the pot for you here there are no televisions does that help does is that is that helping no and um and there are no servers and there's nothing for sale so it's a room to go sit there is there (laughs) (laughs) wi-fi i'm not really sure but they have like a cool fingerprint access technology where you know but here's the thing. Here's the here's the kicker. So now I'm gonna go. Oh wait, to this you can place. store your booze here. Yes, you have to store your booze there. Oh, you can't and, like you can't come and go. You can't like just bring your open bottle <laughs> in the door. I thought you could just no. <laughs> no, and I don't even know because I I it's so absurd to me that I refuse to like do more research on it. But my sense is you might even have to maybe buy your booze through them. I'm not really sure. But anyway, here's the thing. There are 200 lockers. And each unit keeps the room at a optimal 57 degrees for your booze. Okay. <laughs> um, monthly memberships are $105 a month for a half-size storage locker, which holds 10 bottles. Or you could bump up to the $135 for a, a month for a full locker, which is 24 bottles. Uh, each membership covers two individuals. And each individual is allowed to bring two guests when they visit. So you can you and you and you and another member can have a party of six together at the to drink your own booze 
<laughs> I can't get away at, from the idea that the, this uh, is just for people the... who don't have any friends. <laughs> like, don't you just get together with your friends to drink? No, 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 no judgment. Now I know people. Some, you know, maybe some people like to. I, I, who are these people that really want to go out in this public space and do this drinking? So I was trying to think. I was so I'm trying to peel. I'm trying to peel the onion on this on this business plan because maybe. Maybe I have um, maybe I have a decent amount of money, but maybe I live in kind of a crappy apartment, which might be a Seattle thing, right? Like I might have tech bro money, uh-huh. but my living arrangement might be kind of crappy. So instead of having people over to my house, maybe I could order a pizza, and then we could go down to the to my drinking club. So I've looked at the article loops. a little bit here. And when they start to wrap it up, I think that the it hinges on this idea that because this is a weird town socially, like people talk about the Seattle freeze, yeah. and it's a real thing. I mean, people are polite, not friendly. We've talked about the difference between West Coast and East Coast people before, um, and mid- and Midwest people as well. I think ideally you want to have a mix so that you can get a little bit of everything. But sure. people out here, I think that it's still, it, I don't want to say like it's it's the old pioneer spirit of I came out here to be alone. So leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a little bit of that vibe out here, right? It's just, I think it's a, it comes with living in a forested area where like at one time people really did have to travel to see each other and it was very intentional. Mm-hmm. So you're not trying to going back to our not being interrupted by the neighbor's situation. They say here, you know, if you're doing this, if you're into this, then you're kind of, it's like the reverse of, Why'd you come to the club? You only came to dance with the old girls. <laughs> I don't know why I had to do a black voice. That seems racist. I'm sorry, everyone. But it, it was, but it I was the club. But it is the club. I well, I did it because I was reproducing something I was seeing in my head, and I was mimicking the thing I was seeing. But I realized I probably should just set it in my own voice instead of sure. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, it is the it's sort of the, the just the flat social version of you know. Why are you here? If you're here, you're putting yourself out there and you're kind of making yourself known that you might be open to having friendships with the other folks in the club. Yeah, but here's the weird part for me is like, so now I'm at the drinking club. I've got, you know, I've I've got my, I've, I've set up my locker. It's in good shape. Uh, and I go there. Maybe I hate somebody who's always hanging out at the club. Like, what if you yeah. hate someone there? And no, it's, like anywhere, <laughs> it's like anywhere else. <laughs> I think the mistake they they make here is not having any kind of uh, any kind of games. Like I get it if you don't have TVs, fine. But you got to have like we need some shuffleboard, some billiards, some darts, some kind of drinking activity. Right. I don't want to just sit around and stare at people. Right. And just drink your drink your drink your own booze. I'm the most interesting person I know. That's why I do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The what's funny is. For me, if I go to the bar, the best part about going to the bar is the service aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have to make my own drink. Correct. I don't. Yeah. Not, I don't yeah. have to pour my own beer. It comes to me with, and you know, someone. Uh, I think if me. he let me, I'd rather pour my own beer. Really? Are you yeah. make your own mixed drinks at this no, place? No, 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 no. I don't want to do that. That sounds. So this I will... is. This is. You know, you're gonna make your own cocktails. They have like cocktail stuff around. So do I have to load my own dishwasher? Do I have to clean up after myself? That's my biggest concern is the counter space, the shared counter space. Like, that's much worse. Like, I've been to many parties and people don't do a good job of, like, not making a disaster all over the counter when they make cocktails. And I feel like that's what you're going to get here. I've also seen the kitchen at my work. Oh, God. Don't even get me started on the office kitchen. But this feels like the office kitchen. Your mom doesn't work here. (laughs) This feels like the office kitchen to me, except it's a bar and I'm paying a hundred and five dollars a month to come here and drink and then i have to clean up myself yeah. and then i have to bitch at other people for not cleaning up after themselves this is this is a <laughs> this is a bad deal again i think that you know i mean i don't think it's a totally foreign idea and it's the reason i started with so it's the community room in your condo building because same kind of deal where you can just hang out in your condo, or if you want to try to run into somebody and strike up a friendship, maybe you take your beer or your liquor down to the community room and your chips, and you hang out and watch TV in there for some reason, right? That's weird. <laughs> that's weird, too. Is it, though? I mean, that's what you did in college. That's when you couldn't really college, have... College is different. Is than, it, though? Than the, than the, if you're just than the a common fr- room? If you just live in a small room and you're, and you're a friendless goober who just moved to a new town, <laughs> is that any different than college? Yes. Well... Let's say you're an adult, 
a working adult and there was some goober hanging out and drinking beer and eating chips in the in the condo common room you want to hang out with that guy how's that different than like uh lawrence and peter in office space where you can hear each other through the walls <laughs> so they become friends it's Slightly. just it's like we talked about with with chris where proximity used to have to have a lot more to do with your social uh just what happened in your social life and this is i think an attempt to recreate a time gone by where proximity mattered and the idea that if you're going to be out here that you're telling the other people that are here that you know you're interested in, in being friends by proximity <laughs> well you might you might as well just go to your neighborhood bar then i agree hang out there i agree i just think this this is goofy i just think it's goofy and i i'm going to be interested to see how you know this thing gets any traction I, you know, I think that they have, um, it seems to me like a, almost like a, just a private event space. Like what was that place up in Capitol Hill that they used to be able, it was, you could just rent it for parties, just like a, a room. Um, hmm. I don't remember what it was called, but it doesn't matter. It was just, it was a space where there was like a DJ booth and a dance floor and like tables and it was, but that's all it was. There was no business there oh. and you could like bring in and cater something in that space. So this to me is almost more of that, or, or it's really just like a, it, so I've been to like one of those WeWork joints. They have like beer on tap and coffee and stuff. I don't really see how much this is that much different than than that. <laughs> than WeWork? Well, it is whatever the shared office space places. You know, without, I think you've made a I think you've made a good point. Now, instead of me buying a WeWork space, would I join the uh, the uh, Birch Road Cellar and just work out of there? Yeah. You think they would frown on that? I think they'd be yes, all like... Yes, they're not going to want you there all day. Like, <laughs> That's why yeah. I asked about the Wi-Fi, because I was like, this is sort of just a coffee shop like, yeah. for the guy that doesn't want to ever buy any coffee. Well, I mean, that's... <laughs> well, you might as well go hang out. I mean, for 105 bucks a month, it's cheaper than buying office space. All right, well, why don't you go weird. sign up, and I'll meet you there. I'm not going there. <laughs> you know, I did go to a place called Optimism Brewing. Have you ever been to Optimism Brewing on Capitol Hill? No. They've got They've got 30 taps worth of beer and but they don't serve any food and you can bring whatever food you want in i thought that was illegal in this state no i thought you were required to serve food i don't know they just uh they just let you roll in with pizzas from wherever or food from wherever and plop down and uh, it's a big space it's over by the garage up on capitol hill it's uh it was interesting the beer was pretty good it wasn't i wonder if they have a deal with like the pizza place where you can actually order pizza from them and it'll they'll just deliver it I think they just, I don't know. They. I swear to God, you have to have, you have to, well, it doesn't matter. All right. Listeners, are you, are you very excited to hear about this debate without looking up whether or not it's legal <laughs> to run a, a booze? It's selling, illegal. No, but selling anyway. business in Washington All right. State. Well, I'll, I'll round back with the Birch Road seller at some point and see what, yeah, let's if, do a follow up. Uh, let's see if they're out of business in the next year. <laughs> I won't be, I won't be getting a membership. I feel like it's also going to be just a tasting room, like a place for distributors to, show their wares events. yeah 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 all right we've been talking a lot about movies and we're going to talk about movies in the third segment as well but you know an important part of it's the... blockbuster season <laughs> exactly <laughs> the uh i still have to go see john wick john wick anyway I, uh, spoiler alert he's gonna kill everybody <laughs> he's gonna shoot <laughs> thousands of people um so as much as anything part of the movie going experience is the concessions Right, you rocking some popcorn or whatever, but I came across this um, list of movie candy ranked. Now we're not gonna we're not gonna debate all thirty, all thirty <laughs> pieces of candy on this particular list because that would be crazy. <laughs> Plus, it's just some guy's opinion, and it's, but, and it's just some guy's opinion. But if and we'll link this, we'll link this in the uh, like. We'll clearly, he's a red Twitter. vine hater. Obviously, ranking red vines at twenty six is a travesty, like an early seeding problem. Like I'm not a, I'm not, but look at this. Okay, so let's just get right into this bullshit. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with these. Okay, so I actually prefer Twizzlers to red vines. I'm a weirdo. Twizzlers definitely taste like strawberry plastic. Um, yeah, really. They, I mean, I guess I never thought about it very much, but Twizzlers and red vines, there's a distinct difference. Someone out there is screaming into their, <laughs> their headphones right now. I don't I can't eat. You I said some stuff I like that. I don't eat the red twisted plastic, but I'll believe you. So red vines just yes, okay. I'm not going to get into it, but the people who know know, and the difference is stark. And it's 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 a bit of a 
a divided uh, position. Like no one is like, oh, I'm fine with both. Well, I'm kind of fine with both, but I, I do prefer Twizzlers. Like I just, there's something more candy-ish about it. It's softer, that, right? It's softer. No, the red vines are softer, and they have uh. more of a rich flavor. The Twizzlers definitely taste like strawberry plastic. Can you bo- can you bite the end off Twizzlers and red vines and use it as a straw? It's much easier with a red vine. Got it. The red vine is much large. Like it's the hole is much larger. It is actually the size of a straw, whereas a Twizzler has a hole in theory. <laughs> but you might need like a like a I don't know like a knitting needle or something to actually make that <laughs> make it happen. Got it, got it. All right, uh, so but so this man has Twizzlers at five and Red Vines at twenty six, and even someone who prefers Twizzlers would not do such a, a rude ranking. They would the sort licorice. of be the same thing. They're not. They have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Ask my wife. So here's another thing. I'm not to sidebar. Hashtag sidebar. Yeah. My wife and I went to get some candy because we were going to the movies. We went to the grocery store because we do it up like that. I'm not trying to paint a, paint a movie theater. Oh prices. no, I, I sneak I, I sneak candy in the. I don't even I, I I don't even think about it as sneaking anymore. Remember when I was a kid, you get the cold sweats. You're trying to bring it in your winter <laughs> coat in the summer like a lunatic, you're looking all spe- uh, suspicious. Now I just walk in and I just have it in my hand. Like, so you can't bring that in there. I'm like, eh, yeah. Yeah, I'll just kind of yeah, nod yeah. at him. Like, it's I'm fine. paying sure. $14 for this movie. Whatever you say, Jim. Yeah, I'm going to go <laughs> watch the movie, all right? Take it easy, Jimmy. <laughs> anyway, we went to get some candy. And without me having to tell her, my wife successfully predicted that I wanted Kit Kat and mm-hmm. Twizzlers. Perfect. And so she was excited. We had a nice moment of, you know, hey, you know, you know what I like. Isn't that great? <laughs> Isn't that what marriage is all about? But uh, she brought me Pullen Peel. What? So it's a different kind of Twizzler that there are like five strings of licorice all grouped together into a larger body and you peel them off one by one. Okay. Um, but innovations, peel, innovations in in red plastic. Pull peel has been around since I was at least in high school. So it's like, I mean, really? It's, yeah, it's like 20 God, years old. I am so out of the loop on the licorice wars. Twizzler red vines. <laughs> but cherry pull and peel has very little to do with traditional twizzlers and so i was like pull and peel like what is this <laughs> like, what do you mean you got me pull and peel and, and she got like not mad but defensive <laughs> <laughs> i got it for you you just need to thank you it's twizzlers is what you wanted i was like no it's, it's different <laughs> and i was like this, and I was trying to explain a, it. this is such a high conversation <laughs> by the way well pull and peel is cherry it's not strawberry and it's a different texture altogether are you familiar with nibs do you know what nibs are oh they're the they're the little licorice correct those are cherry and so pull and peel tastes like giant like big nibs is what it tastes like. got it big nibs we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have a hand-drawn i'm almost like done. A- <laughs> This is so like, the next day, this is like trying to catch a murderer. You've like <laughs> you've got like these strings and like tape and post its on this board already. All right, <laughs> actually, it's pull and peel. I'm, it's, yeah, pull and peel. I'm using the pull and peel. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so the next day, we had some pull and peel left because I didn't really eat it all because I didn't really want it. Wasn't in the pull and peel mood. But now we had some in the house, and so we're sitting down to watch the TV after the kids have gone to bed. And I'm like, oh, and I look over, she's got the pull and peel, and I'm like, you're just eating my licorice. She's like, well, you said you didn't like it. And I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> I never said. Again, again the, this is the very slippery slope of every conversation with Todd. First, there's the complaining. And then there's, <laughs> and then there's the, okay, you're pissed about it. No, I'm not pissed at all. It's like, well, what, what, what's with the complaining? And you're, I'm eating it now. You hated it. No, I didn't hate it. I just complained about it. I was going to eat it. <laughs> That's correct. This is every conversation with Ty, by the hey, way. Hey, so. I, I mean what I say, and I say what I mean, and I'm not looking for you to infer anything beyond exactly what I told you. If I needed to tell you something else, I would have told you something else. So I'm back team, to the list. I'm, I'm, I'm hashtag Team Ty's wife at this point. <laughs> Look, mind. all my positions are extremely reasonable. I don't understand any of the problems. All right. So, so that was it. So she ate the so she ate the pull and peel. No, then I ate the rest. I got it. Give me that damn pull and peel. That's mine. All right. I also think a twenty four milk duds is horribly ranked because milk duds. I mean, we've all lost a filling to milk duds, but I, I love me some milk duds. They need to have a, a born on date milk duds specifically. Like <laughs> if that's more than six weeks old. I don't don't give me that box. Right. I generally don't do the fruit candies. No, but, see, I have to because I don't have the dairy thing, right? So oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. big into Mike and Ike, and Mike and Ike being down here at 25, I find personally insulting. <laughs> Whoppers at 22 is poorly ranked. 
Well, Mike and Ike is not worse than Juji Fruits or Dots, both of which show up on this list. Yeah. And then and then and then all of a sudden Cookie Dough Bites shows up at 20. I'm like, "What? That's not qual. That doesn't qualify. DNQ on Cookie Dough Bites. You can't just bring <laughs> some random thing that looks like you got. I mean, like this looks like it came from 1965. I'm sure it didn't, but the box like has that kind of a style." Right. Um, but no, you, who's ever even seen this Cookie Dough Bites? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to post this for everybody. You tell me if you know what cookie dough bites are. Are they like an East Coast or Southern thing that I don't know about? Uh, Like, yeah, again, back into the fruit thing, like 17 lemon heads. I I love it. I've always been a lemon heads person. Yeah? You like that? I can't decide if my tongue is wearing out or if they have... I think they've (laughs) weakened the sour candy for the masses. The (laughs) sour candy... They had to take half of the chemical content out of lemon heads. (laughs) <laughs> they're all, they're way softer and chewier now. It used to be like rock hard and melt off your taste buds. That's what I was looking for. Uh, yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they were made by like some detergent company. <laughs> Do you remember like Warheads? Well, no, Warheads. Warhead, yeah, Warheads were like those little sour hard candies. And I mean, when I say sour, they were, again, melt your taste buds off. You ate three of them and then you couldn't taste anything for a week. <laughs> it was great. Okay, here at fifteen is raisinets. Now raisinets and goobers. You are, you're not. You're too young to remember goobers. But they used to have this great jingle. And I'm gonna say I know what goobers know. are. Yeah, it was, I've seen them. It was goobers, raisinets, chocolate covered treats. Raisinets and goobers are mighty fun to eat. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know what goobers were. I figured what raisinets were. Goobers are just chocolate covered peanuts. Right. But the goobers and raisinets always. Raisinets Peanut M and M stole the goobers corner. And never gave it up. Right, for sure. Now, Swedish Fish at 14. Um, I like Swedish Fish. If you take Swedish Fish and you mix them with, um, like, in the same bag, like, sometimes the some of the uh, theaters have bulk candy thing. Okay. And you Was put like the Whole uh, Foods Theater? I don't know the bulk candy <laughs> Yeah, there's a, um, and then you just take, you take some Swedish Fish and you, uh, you mix them with, um, oh, dang it, um, uh, I just jumped right out of my. Describe head. it to me. Come on, like give a, me something. I'll like, help you. It's a salt. It's the sugary versus the salty one. So it's the Swedish fish, and then you get like the salty gummy, and you and you. There's a salty gummy. Yes. What is? The I don't salty know what that gummy? is. Oh, I forget. Dang it! All right. I had it. Well, I get what I, you're saying now. I had it and I lost it. Okay. But anyway, the uh, do, do you do the butterfinger bites? Because then you're you can't. But I would have. But butterfinger bites basically stay in the crevices of your teeth for. Like five days before they dissolve and rot half your teeth out. They've remastered Butterfinger. Have you had one lately? No, because... So they've tried to reduce that sort of teeth-sticking factor and made the whole thing a little less, like... You know how when you bite into it and, like, an orange cloud appears in front of your face? Like, it's crumbly. Like, (laughs) it's crumbly in a weird way. They've tried to uh, bring that back to, like, a happy medium. Huh. I'm offended with uh, fr- Welch's fruit snacks on number 19. I don't even want those in my lunch at school, <laughs> let alone at the movies. Like, oh, here, I bought you a tiny package with eight fruit snacks in it. I hope you enjoy opening 30 of these before you feel like you've had enough. Yeah, exactly. Goober shows up at six. Uh, That's but wild. Let's see. Let's, let's get into How old is this person? I, literally, I've literally not seen Goobers in 20, 30, 35 years. I don't know that I've ever seen them in person. I only remember seeing them at the theater <laughs> when I was young, and then maybe a commercial. M and M's though. Now the M and M's, the M and M's people. It's peanut for me. Like I, yeah. I, just, I pass on the just the regular milk chocolate ones. Yeah. But no thanks. Peanut butter's good. Pretzel, pretzel M and M's are excellent. You ever had the pretzel M and M's? Uh, I maybe. I mean, that sounds good. I like pretzels, but uh, yeah. I, I don't. Pretz- I'm not a big chocolate pretzel person. Pretzels, pretzels is uh is is where it's at. But it makes sense um, for M and M's. You can get them all the way in your mouth <laughs> without the pretzel explosion. Again, the dust going everywhere when you bite into it. Oh, I'm sorry. Now I remember. It's Sour Patch Kids. It's Sour Patch Kids and oh. and Swedish Fish in the same bag, shaken up. Because oh, Sour that's Patch so, Kids, yeah, that's right in my wheelhouse. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, junior mints. I don't. I can't remember the last time I had a junior mint. Wait, it's not, just a bunch of tiny uh, York peppermint patties. So, and then number one here on this list is Starburst, which is actually a good movie candy because you can't eat it all in the first one minute. I have a really it's, hard time it, with anything 
that comes individually wrapped in its own bag. Like, I don't really... That's too much work. If you're going to put the Starbursts in the, the bag... Like, I don't like the Starburst minis. They taste different. They're Really? the mini, But the minis aren't wrapped. They're, they taste Yeah, right. but they, they don't taste right. Really? Maybe it's no. the wrapping that makes them taste good. It's the wax seeping <laughs> into... <laughs> <laughs> see by see you complain about them individually wrapped, but maybe that's what makes them excellent. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> I, uh, whatever. This was good. Well, um, I don't know. Well, listeners uh, need to tell us their favorite movie snacks. Right. You know, just you can't just love the popcorn. You got you got to go for it. it's. For me, it's either peanut M and M's or go to hell, or it's Whoppers. <laughs> Whoppers are wildly underrated, by the way. I like Whoppers because like. Like you can sort of like bite through like a little bit of the outside of the 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 shell, and then like th- then the malt gets all in your mouth. That's all good. right. You get a it's a melting candy, and that's that's an underrated thing. You don't <laughs> get a lot of melting candies anymore that kind of melts in your mouth. Right, tremendous. I used to buy Whoppers on my way home from school all the time at Joe Shell. Did you buy them, or did you steal them? Uh, oh no, I purchased them. They were only like a quarter <laughs> when I was in elementary school. I mean, it wasn't like a hardship or anything. Anyway. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Growing up rich. <laughs> privilege. The voice, of, the voice of privilege. I had a quarter for Whopper's mother. I didn't have anything to complain about, so I can't relate to your complaining. <laughs> right. I don't know why it's so hard for all you people. Anyway. You should try to stop being poor and be rich instead. <laughs> you might want to try it. Uh, just whatever. It's, all right. It's way better. <laughs> In segment three, <laughs> who is the goat of the sports movies? Now, this this was this got brought up on Twitter a little while ago, and of course, everyone comes to very some very quick quick, uh, and we'll get to it. They come to some very quick conclusions about who this person might be. But you know, as we sort of just move into it, let's just move into it slowly. You know, we're, we're, I'm thinking of the also rants. I was also thinking of maybe actresses who might get into this but there just really aren't a lot of a lot of sports movies for that well there's a lot of sort of yeah sidekick showing up there's not a lot of female centered sports movies yeah i mean it might be gina it might be like league of their own is i think maybe the best female sports movie this women's sports movie and um you know gina davis I mean, I, hillary swank was in karate kid and million dollar baby that's true she's she fights and she was a Terranaut. <laughs> a what? Did you ever see The Core? It's oh, my God. Oh, it's my, my God. That's my favorite Hillary Swank movie. The Core. <sighs> I swear, like, like three or four times a year, I come out and my wife's watching The Core on cable. I'm like, again <laughs> with The Core. <laughs> it's Aaron Eckhart, I tell you. Anywho, um, so, you know, let's let's get into the sort of the, the uh, let's just get into it with someone like, you know, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler has he loves sports. He's not the goat. He's like no. the uh, no. He's like I'm the Gilbert saying, Arenas just, of sports. I'm just saying. Movies. I'm just saying. I'm just warming us in. All right. You're saying so, sort of here are the people that are in the orbit of the goat. Right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Marky Mark. Marky Mark has a good sports catalog. Okay. <laughs> really? What does it include? I can't even come up with um, one off the top of my head. I guess. Oh, f- Invincible. Uh, right. The fighter. Um, the fighter. The fighter. I don't know. He's the worst part of that movie. Yeah, but the best part of that movie is where'd you park the car? Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Rock, The Rock. You figure The Rock should have a better. I mean, I, they made him play a quarterback in you know in the game plan. That makes sense. And uh, and what he was a tooth and in the Tooth Fairy, he was a hockey player. That's right. He doesn't scream athleticism even when you watch him. He does <laughs> earlier in his in his movie career, like when he does the Rundown. That's right. a very active agile version of the rock that you buy mm-hmm. moving around quickly now he's a bit it's a bit more like juggernaut from the, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, well, comics. he turned the corner he decided he needed to be like arnold schwarzenegger big yeah. to 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 get on the career path that he wanted to be on because remember he tried to be skinny for a while yeah and they were like oh you're just another guy who can kind of act yeah and yeah. then he just then he just got schwarzenegger huge and like that was the key so, anyway, did Gene Hackman? Now, do we give Gene Hackman a? Are we going to give him sports movie goat thoughts because he pays coaches? <laughs> well, that'd be like, does does Renee Russo qualify? Yes, because she's in two. She's in two major league movies and Tin Cup, and that gambling movie, right? Oh yeah, what's the name of that gambling movie? 
I can't remember. Isn't it? Anyway. Isn't it McConaughey and Pacino, or is that a different movie? I can't no. keep those movies straight. <laughs> They're not that anyway, good. She, I don't know. Perhaps I don't. This is this is a funny thing because you would you might think Gene Hackman because he co- he's like you know obviously he's in Hoosiers. He's in you know the replacements. He's the coach in Downhill Racer, the uh, Robert Redford <laughs> ski classic. <laughs> um, do we get uh, this is this is fu- this is this is a funny way to think about who qualifies as a sports movie person? Well, I think the question with Gene Hackman is: Well, first of all, Gene Hackman has one of those unique deals where his countenance makes it seem like he was born forty-five years old. Yes, he's so, been, he's been, he was forty five from the time he was twenty eight to the time he was sixty eight. Correct, like forty five. Yeah, the whole time. Maybe a little older. Maybe like fifty two. Now that I'm a little closer <laughs> to forty five. <laughs> but yeah. Gene Hackman, I think, is your almost maybe unassailable goat coach, sports movie coach. Like right. he's in so he just shows up so many times. Right. If I think other people a, might if, have reached higher heights, but the body of work. Yeah, if you needed a coach, you're definitely picking up the phone and calling Hackman. There's He's on the short list no matter what. No matter what. Do you give Robert De Niro sports movie credit for being in The Fan? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do we give Wesley Snipes uh, sports movie credit for being in The Fan? <laughs> Cause he's 100%, because yes, absolutely. <laughs> and why are they playing in the rain? So you know, It's hard playing? rain, too. It's really weird. <laughs> Baseball doesn't work that way. They make you stop, in fact. They really wanted to get that one in. It's also quite dark on the field, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Tony Scott was always about mood lighting. Like, yeah, you can't play baseball with that. Shoot the baseball lighting through like a Venetian blind. How 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 are we going to class someone like Will Ferrell, who loves to make crappy comedies but also likes to make crappy sports comedies? It's just the two, though, isn't it? Well, he's he's the soccer coach in Kicking and Screaming. All right, that's a stretch. Uh, Ricky Bobby. Yes. Um, Blades of Glory. Oh, and yeah, and Semi Pro. And then Semi Pro. I forgot about Blades of Glory. <laughs> <laughs> How we class it? I mean, that's that's five. That's four. Four. Yeah, he's around, but he can't sniff any any. I mean, you, now we're getting to we're winnowing it down. You brought up Wesley right. Snipes, and you just kind of glossed right him right over him. And, well, I'm gonna get back to him. All right, now okay. we're get, let's get to the meat of it. Let's get to the meat of this. Stallone. It's Rocky, and then not a whole lot else. What? He's excellent in Driven. <laughs> I actually agree with you about that. <laughs> I like Driven. I, it's, it's a weird movie, but I like it a lot. He's whistling Joe Tanto. <laughs> All right. Anyway, oh, and he's in the arm wrestling movie, Over the Top. Okay, that's not a sports movie. <laughs> what? No, Are that's like sure? a, that's like a fighting movie. I, I'm not. That's why the boxing thing really doesn't work for me because that's not a. It's not not a sports movie. I don't know. There's something different about it. All right. It's always a character study, whereas a sports movie has to actually rely on like like the boxing scenes have to be good in a boxing movie for it to be good. Don't get me wrong, but. There's something else you have to capture in a sports movie about the camaraderie and the team stuff that matters to make a great sports movie. The interaction between the players. And with the boxer, it's often just him and his family. A lot about his family and how upset they are that he gets punched in the face for a living. (laughs) I mean, that's just the core. Don't fight again, you'll die. (laughs) See, I delivered that excellently, by the way. I could be in a boxing movie. Oh, I have it in my head now. It's so bad. All right. All right. Who on. else? All right. Woody. Uh, Woody Wesley. There was the Woody same. Wesley. Woody Harrelson and Wesley. Oh, <laughs> it's Woody like a, Wesley. It's like a Will Wheaton situation. It's a Woody, Woody Wesley. Woody Wesley. Uh, because Woody Wesley, they're in Wildcats together. They're sniffing the podium. Both of those. And guys. then White Man Can't Jump. They're up both in. Obviously. Yeah. Um, Woody's also in Kingpin as the great Roy Munson. Yes, <laughs> that's, a sport, that's a sports movie. Um, Play it to the bone. Play it to the bone. That's yeah. a weird, another weird one. Yeah, I mean he's he's in there because those his best sports movies are excellent. I mean, yeah, I mean White Man Can't Jump is excellent. It is. Which which now we have to talk about Wesley because they're both in those two movies. But he was also Willie Mays Hayes in in you know Major League. Yes. Which I which I was kind of pissed. I remember being pissed that when when Major League Two came out. Wesley Snipes wasn't in it. 
Yeah, but they like kept the character, right? Isn't it Omar Epps? Yeah, it's Omar Epps, who doesn't get mentioned here, but he might he might be on the he's he's on the outer orbit of sports movie, right? He does he's he's done a number of sports movies. He does, but uh, he's also in he's also in Play It to the Bone. Oh wait, well he he's like has a cameo or something. He's not in it like he's in the way that you would in it. In it. How does Omar Epps not make your list? I mean, he's loving basketball. We've got. He's a track star in uh, in. Uh, is it high, in, higher learning? Uh, right, higher learning. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he's, there a football he's movie? Willie, he's Willie Mays Hayes. Uh, I don't sort know. Jamie, of. Well, I guess. Well, Jamie Foxx is in. I just sort of glossed. I just sort of dawned on me that he might be on, on the, no, again, but like, the outer rim. Yeah, Omar Epps is in the program though. I mean, yeah, Omar Epps yeah, yeah, should yeah. be on this list. We, he should definitely make the. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Omar. I didn't mean to. I uh, didn't mean to. Although uh, being, I think he's disqualified from taking for, for for crossing the the picket line and taking the Willie Mays Hayes job. <laughs> you need to pay Wesley, you guys. He he doesn't pay his taxes. He needs that money. Yeah, no, that's what I. So I was very disappointed that he did not show up for Major League Two. I don't know. It's a thing to be disappointed about. <laughs> <laughs> I was young. I validate your disappointment. <laughs> All right, so now we get to um, Costner. Now this is now of course we just consider Costner as the de facto sports guy, right? Yeah. He's you know baseball's a big part of it, that that thing, right? He's Billy Chapel in love for the game, he's Crash Davis in Bull Durham, he's built a baseball field and field of dreams. He's actually retired what's the what's the movie with Joan Allen and all their hot daughters? Remember this movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Joan Allen's the mom, and she's got a bunch of hot daughter actresses like Carrie Russell and. Okay. Anyway, he's a retired baseball player in that. Oh, okay. He's, um, you know, obviously he's Tin Cup. He's, you know, he's in Draft Day. He's he's even a you know he's even in a, a, you know, but as I was sort of peeling this apart, I'm obviously totally in the tank for Costner. Anybody who knows me knows this. You know, I love Costner. But then I came across Dennis Quaid. Yeah, I don't sleep on Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid has a very strong claim to the the Iron Throne of sports movies. <laughs> <laughs> because he's been doing it like since the late 80s. He's in Everybody's All-American. He's in Any Given Sunday. He's He plays a coach in The Express. Um, he's... Uh, you know, bicycle racing. Yes. Track. Uh, the rookie. He had baseball. He plays some baseball. I mean, this is this is a uh, the know, problem this, here. There's something, there's there's something. There's there's a his best sports movies aren't nearly as good as Costner's right. best. That's sports right. Movies. It's the fact that Costner's sports movies are like four or five of the best top 10 sports movies of all time. Like all of them are in the top 10. Like Dennis Quaid, maybe the rookie makes that list. Maybe, maybe. And maybe breaking away. Like if you had ranked him 10 or 15 years ago, I don't know how well it holds up. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. It doesn't hold up very well. And he doesn't really ride the bike. He isn't really the, the he's just in it. He's just mostly just in it. I don't have any recollection of his role in it. I can't. He's, but he's, he's one of those surprise guys. He's a, he's sort of a, you know, he's one of these. As you sort of peel it apart, it's like, hey, Quaid, Quaid's done pretty well in this, and and he does, and he's excellent in those uh, insurance commercials. <laughs> You're right, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> anyway, I like Dennis Quaid. You picked, you choose Dennis Quaid. I, I you know, no, I thought I was no, you don't. I like him. I like him. Like I like, him. Like, I like okay. him. No, it's Costner for me. Okay, all right. I don't and Denzel, I don't... and then I, and then I didn't even play Denzel. Racist. But people, people will make Denzel. That, but I don't think Denzel's got. I've, I don't what's know. the what's the, so remember the Titans? What's what what was your I mean Um so he's Denzel is Remember the Titans, the Hurricane. Okay uh, the he hurricane. got game. That's a stretch. Um Oh he got game, duh. Yeah. But again, only one sports scene. Right. Like it's a, it's not again, not really a sports movie. It's it, it's it, I don't know. I feel like the sports movie has to be about the sport to really be a true sports movie. If it's just around the life in the world I, that's just a character study that happens to be set against the backdrop of sports, and that to me is not quite the same thing. Right. Not, yeah. I, 
So like the hur- something like the hurricane, for instance, it's more about the surrounding circumstances than it is about the boxing itself. Yeah, he does. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So it's Costner. I would uh, probably the- in that next in that next level, you know, you get. I think you maybe you get Quaid, you get Denzel, you get Woody Wesley, Stallone. That Kevin Costner and Joan Allen movie is called The Upside of Anger. The Upside of Anger, yes. And yes. the daughters are a, just a murderer's row of like totally <laughs> It's, Kev- it's Carrie girls. Russell, Evan uh, Rachel Wood, Erica uh, Christensen, and Alicia Witt. Yeah. Like those are Joan Allen's daughters. It's a great movie. <laughs> the last thing I'll say about Costner before as we wrap this up is the reason it is that Costner wins for me is it really boils down to Tin Cup. And it it he captures the essence of what it's like to be a extremely skilled but not good enough to actually be a professional golfer. Yeah. That's a certain kind of guy. And Costner knows exactly who that dude is. It's just it's a very crash Davis plays golf. I get it. Uh-huh. But I just, I mean, as someone who can hit a tour quality shot now and then. Mm-hmm. You know, not maybe not the best players on tour, but a tour quality shot, a long wood into a small green. It's not going to sure. come up every time, but I, it's not outside my ability. Right. That moment where he make when he makes the twelve because it keeps trying to hit that. Like it's so unfortunately relatable. Like <laughs> no, I can I can hit this goddamn shot. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm not giving up. It doesn't matter what else what the circumstance or what the what the repercussions are. I'm going to hit this shot. And yeah. there's something he captures that that uh, that guy who never quite made it thing better than anybody else yeah yeah that's and that might be his uh that might be his gift because it it happens a lot for him that's for sure yeah Yeah, moment of glory for a guy who never quite made it and i think that's that's the every man's professional sports dream and that's why he's the go to sports (laughs) movies because it's if you are an athlete of any type and you ever had even as a child dreams of being a professional kevin costner captures your pain on film (laughs) than any actor of our generation <laughs> All right. So, uh, let us know if you agree with us on that. Um, let's see. Here, let's jump into the OT. And now it's um... that means. Oh, that means. <laughs> now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready. <laughs> Dad jokes of the week. Woo! All right. Uh, so I just have to read this out of compunction, but uh, it's what is sticky and brown. A stick. That's correct. You know, I was going to tell you Poop. a pizza joke. <laughs> right? That's really what that joke is for. Right. Is to get your small children to say poop. Right. Because <laughs> I, I need them to do it more. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I, need to, I need to prod them to say poop. Oh, my God. Hashtag sidebar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dinner table tonight. There's couscous, which is a messy food for a six, you know, for a, a six-year-old. She loves it. She gets it everywhere. And she's like brushing her chair off and i'm like what are you doing are you brushing that couscous on the floor and she kind of looks at me i'm like what do you think is gonna happen to it now like it's it's gonna stay down there until we clean it up i gotta clean next time just leave it where it is and when you're done eating we'll we'll shake you off and (laughs) then we'll clean it off the chair i don't anyway and she goes i can lick it off and we're like no thanks (laughs) and you know that's where you've been sitting and then the the little one goes yeah you be licking poop dinner table and then now it's like a three minute battle to get them both to stop saying poop all right yeah so. yeah exactly uh, so don't tell that joke at the dinner table the high mind is that the high-minded conversation that you guys are uh, that you're promoting at the dinner table i'm promoting i'm responsible <laughs> i can't even get the children to like obey a simple command without a three like a, a three-page letter and notarized by like here are the instructions i've been given for you to follow <laughs> these are these are from the president. They've been notarized locally, and then I've the signed them. The world, yes, you must do these things. Like I can't. Let's let's time to go to school. Well, I'm going to ask you 15 questions about every damn day. I'm like, it, we do this every day. Every just day. go to just go to goddamn school. Yeah, <laughs> just like, we've talked about this before. Just do what I tell you, and we can talk about why afterwards. <laughs> All right. Uh, maybe to- maybe maybe I'm not the voice of the patriarchy. <laughs> Look, man, I'm all for them having their own agency when they pay their own bills. And I'm already saying that. I don't care if you're five and seven. I'm seven. I'm telling you, you want to pay. You want to make your own decisions. You can you pay your own to, bills. You gonna live under my roof? You gonna follow my rules? That's correct. This is my house. I don't see your name on the mortgage. I was gonna tell you a pizza joke, but it's way too cheesy. Ooh. 
What's a duck's favorite kind of firework? Firequackers? That's correct. I wanted to wear my camo pants today, but I couldn't find them. Because I live in the woods? Because, yeah. They blend because in. I'm homeless and I live in the forest. That was probably the dumbest joke that I cl- that was the dumbest bit I clung onto for years. Oh, I can't I can't see your legs. <laughs> your legs like a floating body. Right, camouflage. Yep. Yeah. I kept feeding money into the change machine yesterday, but everything stayed the same. <laughs> it's like a tagline for the Obama administration. <laughs> Why did the police officer cry over a ticket? It was a moving violation. Oh, man. And I got one more for you. More we got like a, a, a more listener like a email. bowel movement. <laughs> You'd be licking poop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we got an email from listener Matthew in Chicago. His, uh, it says, I like you. Oh, dad, sorry. It says, Dad Jokes of the Week. I like you, but I don't care for the segment. That said, (laughs) (laughs) I have an entry. All right, right, Matthew's entry. I don't often tell dad jokes because I don't know my father. (laughs) Thank you, Matthew, for that uplifting submission. Yeah, I don't often tell dad jokes, but my dad was lost at sea when I was two. Yeah, right. I don't often tell dad jokes. My dad went out for smokes and never came back. <laughs> he abandoned my family when I was a toddler. God. Oh, All right. Do you have oh, uh, Do you have original material for us? Here we go. Here we go. This was this this is this is great. You're gonna love this one. All right. It costs ten dollars an hour to hire a baker in Jamaica. It costs eight dollars an hour to hire a baker in Grenada. These are the pie rates of the Caribbean. <laughs> what did you make that up? <laughs> yes. Really? Yeah. It's so like complicated. That's <laughs> no, great. It was co- it yes, it's convoluted. But anyway. <laughs> High rates. Jesus, it's a long way to go, but I liked it. <laughs> it's a financial joke. It's like the opposite of dying on Everest. Yeah. It was well, not worth was, it. <laughs> that was in the OT, by the way. Oh, dying on Everest? <laughs> yes. All right, well, it seems like we're there. Let's jump into it. I basically, I just wrote, climbing Mount Everest is dumb and people should stop doing it. It's very stupid. Like, what is the point of climbing Mount Everest anymore? Once I've seen that, I mean, I already seemed like it was not really it just there's 500 there are 500 people in this line it's like trying to get on it's like trying to get on you know like it's like trying to get on pirates of the caribbean at (laughs) at disneyland yeah but the the downside isn't death it's like trying to get on space mountain and you know it's just it's just bs i don't know what i you know i i get it when there was like two guys in the whole world who hired some sort of Sherpa to help them get up there. They stood on top of it and they planted a flag and whatnot. And that seems fine. But to see that picture of literally hundreds of people just lined up to summit Mount Everest for, for what it just, and then people die because it's too crowded. And Lots of people die. It's called the death zone. Just because it's easier than it used to be. Doesn't mean you can't die doing it. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, it's, Climbing Mount Everest is no, it's, I mean, it's no badge of honor, really. I mean, considering, all things considered, I mean, there, there are certain other adventures you could take on, but everyone wants to climb Mount Everest, I guess, but that's just stupid. It's just dumb now. I don't know why people are doing it. I would be very much the Debbie Downer if you told me you climbed Everest. I'm like, oh, that like, oh, sounds yeah, hard. Fine. Why'd you do that? It's, yeah, it did you dumb. leave all your poop up there? I don't know. I mean, did you leave empty? Did you leave your empty oxygen canister and a bunch of poop up there for no one to clean up? I mean, <laughs> how many dead bodies did you see? Right, it's an environmental disaster up there. It's it's terrible. The whole thing is 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 uh, it should just be just be done away with. The I guess the government of nepal or i guess it's china right (laughs) i don't know regardless they must sell permits or whatnot they must make a mint selling permits to summit mount everest 
And then, of course, there's the whole, the country's economy is based around tech bros and whatnot, like, lining up to, to say, I climbed Mount Everest so they could come back to their their office party and crow about it to their tech bro friends. It does seem like, when you look at the age of the average people that, that are that are dying lately, that it is become the, the playground of the affluent early or late late middle late midlife crisis guy 55 you know like gene hackman's coach climbing mount, <laughs> he's climbing, climbing mount everest and from Herbert. 1968 to 19 for 2015 it was the age of gene hackman in the movies yeah and he was just yeah. he's just berating people on a mountain like telling them to, and, and dr- really he's know, drunk also but really what is the point anymore like if i had to stand in that stupid line i won't even stand in the I, i'll walk past the starbucks in my building if the line's longer than about eight people if i climbed not, up everest and i got to this line i'd be like fuck this turn around <laughs> and go back down it's, it's ridiculous so people stop doing it just stop doing it it's dumb anyway that's not great not really I've just got one other. I got one other thing to throw here to the OP, okay. which is the fact that my doctor's office identity verification process is just screwed up. Okay. So I get a call today from the doctor's office. Hi, Chris. This is the doctor's office. I'm like, oh, hey, what's going on? Oh, um, do you have a minute to talk? I said, sure. And she goes, great. Um, I need to verify your identification. And I said, great. What? I said, I said, okay. And I just sat there. And she's like, well, you need to give me your last name and your birthday. And I said, oh, no, you called me. Right. You can't just call me and ask me for my... I mean, it was my doctor's office. I recognize a woman's voice. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can't call me. No. <laughs> and then ask me to verify my my identity to you by giving you my last name and date of birth. I said, I said, I said... I'm, you know, I'm happy to talk to you, but this, I said, this process is ridiculous. It does, it doesn't make any sense. Right. You have to decide on a set of parameters you're willing to tell me in order for me to believe that you know who I, you know that I am who I say I am before right. I tell you that I you am who I say. Me, right. What information do you have on me? This just happened to me recently, so we just refinanced the house. And you know, when you do the credit check, the credit company always calls to make sure that you have given your consent, even though I've signed paperwork saying that I've given my consent to do the credit check. Right. And it's like it's a it's an unsolicited call from an unknown number, essentially. And she's like, "Hi, this is such and such representative of this and this and this company that I've never heard of, of course, because it's not okay. the mortgage company, right?" Uh-huh. And she's like, "I just need to verify that you're you're this person and that, and then tell me that you know you got to tell basically tell me what what this paper says your like social security number is." And I'm like. No, no. <laughs> I was like, so first of all, do you have a number I can call you back at? Um, second of all, is there someone else who can verify that you are who you say you are? Mm-hmm. And I'm not just going to give you this information over the phone. I was told I was like, I don't mean to be paranoid or difficult, but I'm 100 not going to just tell you this. Yeah, like, and that's I, what I and that's what I said. That's what I said during the phone. I said I'm not trying to be a jerk about this, but this this process does this process make sense to you? And she says, Well, I'll just send you an email in your my chart. I said that's perfect. Just do that, and then you know, it just let you know that I log into the my chart, and then I saw the email that she sent me, and it was all well and good, but it was it was like what <laughs> that that can't make sense to you as a as a person trying to try to do your job. You 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 must know that this is odd. Yeah, I wonder what they. I mean, th- but they it must, must get, most people time. just say they must just trust them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no wonder shit's broken all the time. People get broken into all the time. I mean, no wonder you get hacked. Somebody calls you and tells you, tell me your private information, and you just do yeah. it? Yeah. Like, I honestly, like, I, you know, I felt apologetic. So, obviously, I even even though I know better, people, uh, I felt like I needed to apologize. Yeah, and that's what I said, too. I just said, your, your process doesn't make any sense. You can't just call people and then ask them to verify their identity to you. No. The person who just called. It's, In fact, I, I need to call you back, and it can't be a direct number. I need you. I need it to be routed through a switchboard. Right. I need to be able to ask for you and right. get sent to you, so that I know yeah. that you are who you say you are. Right. Anyway, so they're probably gonna like stab me or something when I go in there. They'll probably give me like <laughs> terrible medicines with side effects if I end up going back in there. They they put a note in my record. <laughs> In your Chris, permanent, your permanent metal record. Chris, Chris is difficult. Please <laughs> give him, you know, experimental drugs with side effects. That's <laughs> yeah. probably what it says there. Yes, I'm not expecting good care when I go in there the next time. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> your doctor's so petty. 
<laughs> it's not him. It's the attendant. All right. She's she's pissed. She's just trying to do her job, and you're just getting in the way. I know. You're just making it hard. But her, but your process makes no sense. No, it doesn't. Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, that's it for me. All right. Well, that's our show. So our thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod this week. Please know we appreciate tremendously the time you choose to listen to our show. If you don't already, please subscribe and or review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. Particularly if you have some uh, uplifting dad jokes, we'd love to hear from you. We'll be back next time with more shenanigans. And until then, peace. Peace.